handle the truth. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Thomas Freeme TV and podcast show. This is Thomas Freeme. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome back to this Saturday night. As always, I pray that you guys are blessed, um, healthy, safe. Your bellies are full. You guys are tuned in, you know, for another great discussion tonight. Um, I have Miss Paula Kinsu, who is the fiance of of uh, Mr. Tamujin Kinsu. As you know, Mr. Tamujin has been locked up uh, thirty seven years now. Um, as an innocent man, I have multiple multiple hours of discussion with this man live. You can go on to uh, my Spotify channel and catch those. But I'm bringing Miss Paula on tonight just as an update. We're getting ready to go into elections. There has been many promises made time and time again. So as always, Tamujin is always on my mind. And I just wanted to, to touch basis with Miss Miss Paula just to get a grip on what's going on here as we fall into election time. So I am going to bring Miss Paula in now. Good evening, Ms. Paula. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm blessed. <laughs> are you staying warm? I am trying to stay warm. It was nice out today. It has been freezing, and I'm a big baby when it comes to this weather. So um, I've been mm. telling Templeton he just has to get his butt home and make me some warm fires that I can sit around and drink hot chocolate. <laughs> I'm telling you, you need somebody to chop some firewood. He does. He he has so much <laughs> to do. He, I can't even wait until he comes home. His list is so long, and he's so excited to get home and do stuff. So, and trust me, I know how that feels. You know, just the really the essence of of just being part of of helping. You know, knowing that you can just just be part of something, you know, alleviate a lot of stress and pressure. That's the main thing. It's not so much as as just doing things. That's part of it, too. You know, because we haven't done these things in so long. Tamujin, I could tell, is a is a man's man. So you could tell he he wants to put his hands on things and work, you know. So, yeah, it's it's time. So speaking of which, what's what's going on? Well, <laughs> Um, I don't, I'm trying to remember the last update we gave your listeners. So, um, you know, the conviction integrity unit, his case was with them, uh, for two years. Um, things went south really quickly at, um, back in May, uh, they came out and changed the, um, definition of new evidence. So after they accepted his case, they um, investigated it, they wrote a report, they made a recommendation, um, then they changed the the definition so that they didn't have to let him out. And they basically threw another technicality at him. So a lot of people are really furious. They say that the CIU has betrayed everybody. Um, and um, so I, I think that... <laughs> Um, you know, it's, it's a real problem. And I think that people really are starting to understand. I mean, this, this case is catching fire all over. Um, we had, uh, over a half a million views on YouTube, Instagram, and, um, TikTok on, um, a video that we had made from Vox Media. Mm -hmm. So, um, with just that, um, going online and kind of going viral, all of our numbers have jumped and, um, and we have people reaching out all the time asking for for interviews and for, you know, comments on, on what's happening, why the attorney general did this. Um, 
and kind of what's next. So we do have our application um, pending with the governor for clemency. So we are hopeful that after the election, she'll do the right thing. I know, um, you know, this is a very contentious election season right now. Um, you know, we have a lot of really big issues on the ballot. I think that's going to drive a lot of voters out to the polls in November. Um, I'm not really sure that we're going to see people, you know, voting straight down party lines. I think people are at a point now where they're voting on issues. You know, they are um, there. Obviously, there's the abortion issue. There's a lot of people that are going to come out and um, and vote on those proposals. Um, and then also while they're there, you know, most people don't think about their attorney general. But I think this year they are. <laughs> I think that. Um, Dana Nessel has come out on record and said some things and done some things that have people have really taken voters have really taken notice of her and, yeah. uh, and not in a good way. <laughs> um, I've seen some um, online videos of some people she had gone to some events and people were, I mean, really verbally you know, assaulting her um, for things that she's done. And I, from the nursing home scandal from her, she's got this, um, um, the treasurer and the Tracy Cornick and the Michigan Democratic Party um, treasurer was caught um, scamming Medicare. And I think that that th those are the types of things that people are like, wait a minute, you know, why, you know, why aren't you pressing this issue? Why? It seems like it's very agenda driven for her. And she just picks up what she wants to pick up on. She, you know, um, a lot of people are really they are they're calling her a vindictive person and they they aren't very happy about um, Dana Nessel being the top cop. So that's a mouthful. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and her, I mean, she's in the news down here in Florida, you know? So again, this is, this is Michigan. Um, and so, uh, yeah, when, when you're making national news like that, you, you definitely have a lot of attention on you. Uh, I know that she's, um, she's made some, uh, some egregious comments publicly, um, some on Twitter and she, uh, but my thing is this, is when, when we see that a person is this way and we see that a person is, is subjected to, to possible corruption, right? That, that this could be somebody who, who could be corrupt. What do we do, Miss Paula? I mean, because all we've done in the past is just remove these people. We've never really kind of looked at their career. We never kind of looked at their portfolio as to wh what kind of atrocities that corruption has brought. We just kind of remove them. Yet all of these people up under them are still, you know, still stuck under that, that corrupt system that, that they were under, I guess. So what, what do we do? I mean, how do we fix this? What changes are, are, are needed? Well, I think that there's a couple things. One is education, but two, I mean, I think we just need to have new blood out there running for these offices and for these positions. Um, you know, I, I think it's challenging to do something like that and to take that bold of a step, but you know, you need to be the change that you want to see in the world. It's not going to just, it's, you know, the magical candidate's not just going to pop up. We're going to have to, you know, take initiative ourselves and, and take up these positions and these roles and, and just start running, running for the, the offices. I know we had Garrett Saldano here in Michigan, who was a chiropractor and was sitting on his couch with his wife one night and was like, 
you know, what the hell are we going to do about this state, about this governor, governor, about this, um, this system, about the way that things are happening here? What are we going to do about it? And she looked at her husband. And she's like, I think you know what you you need to do. Get you up. Know? And he yep. Get up and he, do something. Yeah, it was grassroots. He, um, I, you know, there were a lot of people. He had a huge movement. He um, had, you know, hundreds of thousands of people um, behind him. And and I think that you're going to be seeing more of that. I think I encourage, you know, obviously I encourage that. Um, and, and But again, the second part is education. I think we really need to be looking at, you know, who's running, what have they done, what is, the, you know, and then and then talking to people about who they are as a person, what have they done really, like, you know, for so many months, we were told Dana was going to do the right thing, Dana doesn't care about, you know, upsetting other people, she's going to do the right thing, and they couldn't have been more wrong about her, so hmm. it's, um, it's going to it's going to take a shift. It's going to take a change. Well, you know, to, to, to share a story with you, I went to a function the other night and, and it was a, a town hall meet and greet and Senator or not Senator. Well, Senator Joyner was there. Um, House of Rep Driscoll, House of Rep Andrew Learned um, and then running house for a new seat here in the Tampa area was uh, Miss Jen McDonald. So the. I go there, you know, and um, somebody just told me uh, that I needed to be there that night, made sure I go, you know, so I went and nobody was there, nobody from the public. So I had the room with these these representatives to myself, essentially, for 10, 15 minutes where I'm sitting there talking to each one about what's going on with my, my charity and, and what I'm doing and, and what needs to change and such. But I say to say this, at this function in this room, there was probably about 40 people and they had... They had food, you know, lined out or whatever, and nobody, not one person, started for the food. Somebody came over to me and just made the suggestion, somebody needs to go over there and take the first piece of food so that everybody will start in on the food, right? So I said, oh, well, I ain't got no problem with that. You know how I am, Ms. Paula. I said, I don't have no problem with that. I went over there and started moving. Sure enough, as soon as I did that, Ms. Paula, a line formed. And everybody started making plates, right? I say to say that your story with the chiropractor and, and is, is what I'm urging us Americans to do. Because even if that chiropractor didn't win, we don't know the snowball effect. We don't know the line that'll get behind him to, to all it takes is just one person, you know, to set it off. So kudos for him for doing that. And this is what I'm urging Americans you know, like you say, if we're tired of it, do something about it. You know, education. Yes, absolutely. Pay attention to who you're voting for. Research who you're voting. Don't just go blue or red all the way down the sheet. Know these people, you know, put the per the best person. There are good people out there. I'm tough on, on government. Yes. But there are good representatives out there. There are good cops out there trying to make a difference. And it's our responsibility to find those people and make sure they're in the right seats to do that. So, I agree. Yeah. I have a question uh, for the audience. Um, why not a full pardon? Why the clemency? Why not a full pardon if it's in state? So a pardon is forgiving. It, it as a I believe my understanding is that a pardon is asking basically forgiveness, but he's innocent. So. Um, we would want clemency granted, which there's multiple forms of 
of clemency for my understanding also she could just she could just say you know he served enough time you know he you know essentially he's over sentence let him go he served enough time um she could say you know you're innocent you know i i, I from the evidence you know it, it you're innocent and and we're going to release you so there's like different forms and um, that's an excellent question for Temujin because he knows the different the legal differences between all of them. But from my understanding, a pardon is just forgiving him. Um, but in this case, we would want clemency, which would be some sort of acknowledgement that there was a mistake made. Right. So a pardon, a pardon is exactly you explained it to the to the T for the most part. A pardon is exactly that. I'm asking to have my record uh, expunged in a sense. Be you know, because of the guilty conviction or whatever, Temujin is going in as actual innocence, right? So that's, he wants to be released. He wants to be recognized and released as actually innocent so that there is nothing on his record to expunge or pardon or anything of that sense. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So where do we stand at now? I know that you said that Temujin, um, because you were filling me in a little bit, you said that Temujin has been moved to a different facility, that his security level has increased a little bit. Um, well, though he didn't move, but they had about 60 people move in yesterday, just yesterday. Mm -hmm. He had 60 new inmates fill his unit. Um, and, and so the prisons are, are overcrowded as it is. They're moving people, you know, doubling people up in, in rooms, um, and well, there was always two people in most rooms, unless you had some sort of accommodation, which Temujin does. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, you know, probably 80, 90 guys in his unit now, and there's like four phones. So it's um, really difficult to try and get, you know, get to your phone, get to your tablet, you're locked down a lot. There's been uh, just a tremendous amount of of fights. Um, there was actually an escape attempt yesterday. Um, so they've been locked down. They've been having so many issues at this prison. They actually, they had so many issues. They fired the warden um, mm. and they brought back um, a previous warden that used to, to be in that position, but they walked the guy out. They were like, you're done. Um, and that's at the Macomb regional facility in, in Lenox, Michigan. Um, so it's, he said it's horrible. He said it's like it's worse than it was when he was young, 23 years old, heading into Jackson prison. He said it's just there's stabbings every day. Um, there's a lot of mental health issues, obviously, going on in prison. A lot of guys on on these psych meds. Um, a lot of them are just, you know, bugging out on drugs. There's a, a huge drug problem in there. Um, and there's, you know, um, a, there's been a lot of overdoses as well. So, you know, it's it's um, a horrible place to be in if you're innocent, for sure. Um, it's a horrible place to be in over sentenced or medically frail. Um, it's just, it's to the point now where we need an oversight committee. Um, you know, in the summer, we had these 80, 90 degree days that out here, it was 80, 90 degrees. So, you know, inside the prison, there was no air, no, no, no movement, no air circulation. So it was over a hundred degrees in those cells. They weren't even giving the guys ice cubes, um, which they've always done. And it's free. Like it's the guys, the inmates make it. So they stopped doing it and they blamed it on COVID. And it's like, you know, I feel like at this point, they're just like trying to incite a riot. The, they're so poorly managed. There's no structure in terms of, 
um, things for the inmates to do. They're taking away the recreation. They're just doing all of these things in the name of COVID. And um, they're, it's just because they don't want to do their jobs. They don't have a lot of people staffed anymore because they've had such high um, turnover at the prisons. And um, they're, they're massively understaffed. They're working, you know, longer hours, which is unsafe for them, you know, and it, it's just, it's because of the leadership that they have in the MDOC right now. It's never been worse. Um, you know, there's no programs. Um, there's no classes. There's, you know, barely any, any recreation at all. And there's all these lockdowns. So um, it just creates this atmosphere, if you can imagine, and I'm sure you can, you know, all these guys, the noise, you know, the, the, the lack of exercise, the lack of any type of, of outside release where they can kind of, you know, just get away for a minute. There's just none of that. So um, it's it's definitely been taking a toll on Temujin and many of the other inmates as well. How old is Temujin now? Oh, God. Ah, he was born in 63. So let's do the math. 63 to 22. 59. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yep. So I just put out a a video um, that was sent to me of that came from the inside of an Alabama prison. Right. Um, Graphic. Very, very graphic of what's going on in there. The food that they're getting. um, Inmates look like they're they're starving. You can see bones. You can see all of this stuff. It's it's horrible what's going on. Water running all over the floors, you know. It's to me, Miss Miss Paula. It's almost like these people have said, you know what? We we don't know what to do with this problem. We might as well just squeeze it for everything that we can because it's it's gonna fold. It's gonna fold. You know, they're they're trying to batten down the hatches here in Florida. You know, they're they're taking away. I believe there there is legislation to take away visits permanently to where it's just electronic on these tablets now. They're trying to force everything to go through these tablets, so everything, of course, is paid. You know, um, you 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 essentially have to have an exorbitant amount of money to keep contact with your loved one, or you're just not going to see your loved one hardly ever again. You know, depending on their sentence. Um. When I was at the 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 function the other night, and I'm speaking to Andrew Learn, and he told me that the first time he went into a prison, he realized that there's no AC in state prisons. I'm like, you're a state you're a state representative, and you don't even know that our prisons don't even have air conditioning in them. What else don't you know? You know what I mean? If you don't know that they don't have air conditioning, what else don't you know about what's going on in these prisons? So I, it's it's time for us, we the people, to stop turning a blind eye to this stuff, stop writing them off as criminals. This is why I despise these other convict channels, of these guys that come out of prison and then exploit the, the violence of prison, you know, because all that does is just keep the stigma going for that the regular person in the community thinks that every person in prison is this way. And you're only talking about the small percentage of troublemakers that reside within these prisons that create trouble for everybody, you know. But the majority of people are just people who are either addicted, have addiction problems, 
They couldn't figure out how to cope in society. They don't, you know, for whatever reason. But these are people that want to do better with their lives, change their lives, but there is no environment as you articulately laid out. They've taken away programs. They've taken away schools. They've taken church out of, out of, uh, uh, so, you know, it's, it's very hard to practice your religion. You know, it's. Yep. They're taking everything. And when you take everything from somebody who has nothing to lose, you're going to end up in a very bad position. You know, it's not going to end well. It's well, not. yeah. Well, Miss Paula, thank you once again for coming on, um, and, and updating us. So elections is early November, right? Either November 6th or November 8th. I thought I, I thought it was the 6th, but then I read somewhere it was the 8th. So I think, I I think it's the 8th. Is it the 8th? Okay. Yeah. I must have gotten that wrong in my brain, but yeah. So, um, you know, in Temujin's case, we're just asking friends and family and listeners and supporters to please go to michigan.gov forward slash Whitmer. And click on the contact the governor button and ask her to free Temujin. And we're asking really, we don't think she's going to do anything. Um, I mean, she can take forever. She can just let it sit on her desk. She can let it expire. She can do whatever. We don't think she's going to do anything for sure until after the election. Um, but we were hoping that, you know, maybe you could include a note in there saying October 2nd was wrongful conviction day. Temujin is wrongfully convicted. He's absolutely innocent of, of the crime um, that he's spent 35 years, going on 36 years of his life for. And he um, and we want him out before Christmas. We want him out before Thanksgiving. Let's do Thanksgiving. We want him out now. I mean, come on, man. Seriously. I like, I know. this is, this is enough. Not- I know, but it's, he's a political prisoner. We've said that since for years. We've said that he's a political prisoner, so it won't happen until after the election. So um, we know November 8th, we're saying, you know, do it before. It's going to take a little bit of time for her to figure out what, you know, logistically they need to do to get him out. Um, and uh, that would be that would be amazing if she came out for wrongful conviction day and said, you know what, this this man's innocent and just do some pardons. It's her second. It'll be her second term if she gets reelected. And that's the time that they that they will do it if they're going to do it. So that's what we're praying for. And that's exactly right. He's 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 a he's he's a political prisoner. There's no question about that. That's that's exactly what this is. Anybody, I please urge you to just go back and listen to to my podcast where you can hear, I have over, I don't know, 15, 16 hours of Temujin speaking, his own voice called the prison. Some of them run three, four hours long, you know, really dig into the facts and the specifics of this case, not only for Temujin's sake, but for your own sake. So you can understand the messages that I'm bringing and the messages like Paula and, and, um, Miss Tasha Richards, she's tuned in and she made a couple comments. Um, you know, so many messages that we are bringing of the corruption that has happened within the courts with loved ones. And, and it's not us just trying to make excuses for our loved ones or anything like that. Like we are trying to put the, the public on notice as to what can happen to you. You don't know how many groups I'm in. Right. Miss Paula can vouch. You don't know how many groups I'm in that people come into these groups. And the first thing they say is, I never thought this would happen to me. 
I never thought that this would happen to me. I need help. My son, my daughter, you know, they lied on us. They did this. I never thought this would happen to me. And this is why we do what we do. So, Ms. Paula, any, any parting notes? No, I think you covered it all. I just want to say so much thank you um, for having me on, for covering those hours, all hours and hours and hours of, of Temujin's um, story because you were able to give him a voice. You said that you were going to do something when you got out and you did. Bless you for that. A lot of guys don't, like you said. Um, you know, just just him knowing that the conversations are still going on out here that people still care. People are still tuning in, listening, sharing. Um, that means a lot to somebody who, you know, is in a very hopeless, desperate place. So thank you. Absolutely. And and thank you for doing what you do because, you know, it's it's people like you, Miss Paula, that are able to to see past all of all of the the, the muddy waters, you know, and, and see a person for who he is. And actually give that individual, that human being, the time to hear his story, you know. And and you guys fell in love with each other. And you have been his vicious, you know, his vicious, vicious uh, uh, Spartan. You know, you have been on the front lines for him ever since. And it's, it's people like you, you know, and, and so many of the other women that I've, I've paid tribute to that are in the groups, you know. Tasha, that's that's here with us, and Miss Charity Blount, I'll give her a shout out, and and you know just so many to name, you know it's the Real Housewives up there in Michigan, you know, but yeah. these are states all across the nation of women that are trying to champion for their men, you know, innocent or not, you know, just stand by them, and it's it's what gets us through because we have at least a glimmer of hope, you know. So thank you for being who you are. Uh, Miss Tasha says in parting, then I'll wrap it up. Miss Tasha says, Paula, you're an amazing woman. Keep doing what you're doing. And my father asked the question, wouldn't she do it before election if she wants more votes? Dad, with that, how, how that works is being that Temujin is a, is a political prisoner, right? And he, uh, I'll say that, I don't know if he would vouch for it, anybody else, but in my in my understanding of how Temujin speaks, people would, would see him as conservative. Some may even say that he's, he's radical, right? And I think that has affected a lot of the decisions that go on with these powers to be up there in Michigan because a lot of them are blue and everything that's going on with that. So a lot of anything political or controversial will be done behind closed doors and not in public's eyes and definitely not during votes because this could cost this woman her career. If she was to come out and let Temujin out, even though that she was to say he was innocent, people could turn against her. So they're not they're not gonna they're gonna go into elections just smooth sailing as 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 much as they can, you know. Um Miss Paula, you stay safe, stay warm, take care of the animals. Thanks. I will yeah. Give to give to Mujin my love and um and I'll I'm gonna let I'm gonna let the big boys interview him for a little while, you know? So I just kinda step to the side. I know he's got got the big guys gunning at him now, so just make sure he tells people if they want to know his past to tune into the Thomas Freeme TV and Podcast show. Send him my way. Absolutely. All right. Love you, Thomas. Thanks for having me on.